This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., an initiative of the U.S.-based think tank International Leaders Summit in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting's 2FM radio stations in Michigan and the Midwest and Supertalk Mississippi Media's 12 radio stations in the South. We thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable. I'm Jolan and Sami, your co-host, joined by Natasha Sardorj, economist and co-founder of the International Leaders Summit and our distinguished guest host, Governor Phil Bryant. America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C. brings together leading voices from business, government, media, technology, and the public policy arena. Subscribe to America's Roundtable on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, and Fireside. Visit iLeadersSummit.org. iLeadersSummit.org. This weekend on America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., we're delighted to welcome Dr. Monica Gandhi. Dr. Monica Gandhi is Professor of Medicine and Associate Division Chief of the Division of HIV, Infectious Diseases, and Global Medicine at the University of California, San Francisco General Hospital. She also serves as the Medical Director of the HIV Clinic at San Francisco General Hospital. Dr. Gandhi completed her MD at Harvard Medical school. It is our great delight to welcome Dr. Monica Gandhi to America's Roundtable. Indeed, a good morning to you, Dr. Gandhi. Welcome, Dr. Gandhi. Thank you. Happy to be here. Dr. Gandhi, in your most relevant piece titled The Pandemic's Toll on Teen Mental Health, published in the Wall Street Journal on June 10, you brought up the fact that the CDC misrepresented the data for the adolescence hospitalization due to COVID. Basically, we were led to believe that hospitalization of the children for COVID is on the rise, while concealing the most troubling aspect of its study, covering the period between January 1 and March 31, 2021, that 20% of teen hospitalization were for psychiatric emergencies, not COVID. And in your piece, you said, I quote, Preliminary data released by written request from the California Department of Public Health show 134 people under 18 died by suicide in the Golden State in 2020, up from 108 in 2019, a 24% increase. At the same time, adult suicide in California declined by 11% in 2020. Of California's 62,000 COVID deaths, since the pandemic start, only 23 have been people under 18. Uh, Dr. Gandhi, could you kindly share with us about the mental toll that the pandemic has taken on young people? Yes, you know, interestingly, right after we wrote that article, the CDC itself came out with an equally uh, alarming paper, CDC MMWR, that showed the same finding. Um, Not the actual completed suicides, because they didn't have data on that, but that there's been a 51% increase in suicidal ideation among adolescents over the time of the pandemic that's most concentrated in young girls. And really what concerned us about that particular, the play of events that happened is that we published our article of uh, four or five days after the CDC had put out this statement that said that adult hospitalizations were on the rise. They actually weren't on the rise. They had risen in March 2020 up till April 2020 when we had our first surge. And then since then, they've been very low, actually the same proportion that they've always been, which is 0.4 out of 100,000. And importantly, they've actually been on the decrease since we've started adult vaccination campaign in our country, 80% decrease in hospitalization since uh, January of 2021. 
But the news outlets did pick up, oh, adolescent hospitalizations are on the rise, uh, get your adolescent um, vaccinated. But I think it's not revealing what's happening, which is that our prolonged school closures, more than any other country, so that's very important to point out, more than Britain, more than Europe, which prioritize school openings more, our prolonged school closures I think have had an effect uh, clearly on adolescent mental health. Dr. Gandhi, you said in your piece, you said, I quote, California has the lowest rates of children returned to in-person learning of all 50 states. In the Bay Area, public middle and high school students spent little or no time in their school buildings this year. Public school students who return to in-person school at lower rates than private school students and have less access to resources such as club sports or mental health providers may be most affected. End of quote. Uh, we discussed the topic of safely reopening schools with Secretary Ben Carson last year, and he shared about the fact that children are at no risk, that most of the teachers are young and vigorous, and that we should control the virus and not the virus to control us. And as you mentioned, uh, most of the countries in Europe had actually schools opened, and one of them was Germany that still has lower number of deaths. How would you interpret these data? It's troubling that you ask because you're right that California, which is a democratic state, uh, does have 50 out of 50, meaning the lowest uh, children back in in-person learning. And in fact, there's a website called burbio.com that tracks the, the percentage of children back in in-person learning. And it does track with politics. Um, and there is something political about that children went back to school more in Republican states than they did in Democratic states, I think, which is what you're inferring from what uh, Ben Carson said. There's no question that this is a virus, thankfully, that spares children. Unlike actually measles, mumps, rubella, diphtheria, pertussis, other types of infections that are more severe in children, this is a virus for multiple reasons, some of which we don't understand, have relatively spared children. So the closure of schools would be to protect adults. Luckily, then, we had great studies, actually four across the United States, many in Europe, as you indicate, that showed us how to, kept, how to keep schools safe. And those were mitigation procedures in schools, mostly ventilation, small distancing, masking, and in, in some cases, testing, but not always. In, in a big Wisconsin study, it didn't need testing. So we knew how to keep teachers safe. And then we, when we rolled out the vaccine in this country, we actually prioritize teachers as we should. So I wrote a piece in February 2021 for the Atlantic that said there really should be no reason not to open schools. And you're right, it's painful for me to write in June 2021 in Wall Street Journal that I'm in a state where we've had middle school and high schoolers out of our schools the entire year in San Francisco. There's something political. I think there are a couple of things where clearly the Republicans were right. Um, and this was right, that we needed to prioritize school children, and we didn't, at least in our state. Dr. Gandhi, we've been following the events in Israel very closely. We have events in Jerusalem quite often. And in fact, uh, the Times of Israel reported this week, and I quote, the health ministry announced that from Tuesday, the requirement of masks to be worn indoors will be lifted, marking the end of one of the major restrictions, only major restrictions remaining in Israel. And the ministry said there were three exceptions, workers or guests who have not been vaccinated or recovered at welfare institutions, long-term care facilities, or homes of the elderly 
elderly and those en route to quarantine or travelers on a flight. And you also wrote a piece in April in the Wall Street Journal which says, take off your mask and go outside. And I love the subhead which says, the CDC's guidance is too restrictive. If it isn't crowded, it's safe to show your face. A common sense approach, of course. Dr. Gandhi, what is your message to our fellow Americans when they are hearing mixed messages at times? And how would you present this narrative of using common sense approach, uh, but also looking at the science? It really is this question of common sense, because in the sense that uh, you don't actually need a degree in infectious disease to, to know there's been so much media coverage on coronavirus, um, what's safe or what's not, because a lot of studies get reported on. So there was a study in Wuhan that um, showed in September that one out of 7,324 infections were linked to outdoor transmission. And the University of Canterbury did a very scoping review in fall that said outdoors is safe because the virus disperses effectively in the outside air and in fact encourage your populations to go outside because if not you can lead to inside transmission because that's where the virus spreads more readily it has to do with its um, properties so we knew early on the world health organization actually never recommended masking outside until unless you were in very close packed circumstances, and they released those guidelines in December 2020 before the vaccines. So it did take us a long time until April to change those guidelines. And even so, the CDC said it was just for vaccinated people to take off your mask outside. And that's why we wrote that article to say, no, actually, it's important to do not just common sense, but this is the science-based approach and, and tell people that they can be outside because, again, it discourages inside clustering. Dr. Gandhi, Sweden had a unique approach during the COVID pandemic. Uh, we covered that during our program with a member of European Parliament from Sweden who actually shared that Swedish government recommended wearing masks during COVID last year, but they did not mandate them. And a number of Swedish towns actually banned the masks in February this year and have kept bars and restaurants mostly open. And if we compare Michigan and Sweden, which have similar population and fairly similar climate, Sweden with over 10 million people had a total of 13,660 deaths on April 14 with no masks requirement and businesses and restaurants that remained largely open while Michigan with 9.9 million people reported a total of 17,657 deaths on the same day. Meaning Michigan which had major COVID restrictions and placed tremendous burden on children, businesses and restaurants had four thousand more deaths than Sweden. Dr. Gandhi, how would you interpret this data? You know, we will have to look back and really try to understand the impact of any of these interventions on curbing transmissions and death. I have written many papers on masks. I actually think that they are a physical science tool, meaning they will work to block asymptomatic transmission. But masks is a behavior that requires buy-in and it requires people wearing it and it requires trust in the government. And there are some governments that made things 
not mandatory, but recommended, where you can have better buy-in from the government. We had a very fractured response in this country. It is impossible for me to tell which interventions exactly precisely worked, except for vaccinations, which have clearly been the most profound intervention we had that curbed the pandemic. And prior to that, mass distancing, ventilation, lockdowns, contact tracing, and testing can't be put into as easy of categories and say which ones worked because there is human behavior. There is the need, like you said, over a prolonged pandemic to do what's safe, but to also keep businesses and schools open. And we are going to need to fully evaluate this before we decide that lockdowns are, at least over this prolonged period of time, been 15 months and counting, are the right approach. Because you are right, schools, children have suffered, and so have business owners. There is a robust national conversation in America, and we've noticed around the world in Europe as well as in India about the origins of the spread of COVID-19. And indeed, COVID-19 not only disrupted our way of life and closed down major economies around the world, the pandemic's impact is obvious. 177 million cases and nearly 4 million people dead. Dr. Gandhi, early this month, our colleagues at the Wall Street Journal published a story titled, U.S. Report Found It Plausible. COVID-19 leaked from Wuhan lab. A U.S. governmental national laboratory concluded that the hypothesis claiming the virus leaked from a Chinese lab in Wuhan is plausible and deserves further investigation, according to the classified document. Dr. Gandhi, what is the principled approach in ensuring that we get to the bottom of this issue uh, with a proper investigation and safeguard America's citizens in the future and our friends and allies around the world. This is more complicated. I do think that um, a virus cannot be, and I've never heard of a virus being engineered. And uh, I think that this came from nature, just like the other SARS viruses did, the SARS and the MER virus. I think what needs to be investigated is if it was being studied earlier than we knew about only because we could have worked and created a vaccine earlier, because the vaccine was created in record time, but even two months earlier would have saved lives. The vaccine is the most profound miracle that we have had throughout this pandemic. I think that's very consensus at this point that it has to be investigated if it was known about earlier. That's my only concern. Right. Yes, indeed. Dr. Gandhi, we thank you so much for your time in joining us. Dr. Monica Gandhi is Professor of Medicine and Associate Division Chief of the Division of HIV, Infectious Diseases and Global Medicine at the University of California, San Francisco General Hospital. Thank you indeed for joining us today on America's Roundtable. Thank you, Dr. Gandhi. Uh, thank you. This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., an initiative of the U.S.-based think tank International Leaders Summit in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting's two FM radio stations in Michigan and the Midwest and Supertalk Mississippi Media's 12 radio stations in the South. We thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable. I'm Joel Adinsami, your co-host, joined by Natasha Sardorj, economist and co-founder of the International Leaders Summit, and our distinguished guest host, Governor Phil Bryant. America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C. brings together leading voices from business, government, media, technology, and the public policy arena. Subscribe to America's Roundtable on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, and Fireside. Visit iLeadersSummit.org. iLeadersSummit.org.